0: The following is a presentation of Cover Your Assets and is offered by Rooker Financial Coaching and Consulting.
1: You're trying to build your income, your business,
0: your life. Challenges are all around you. It seems so overwhelming. People are depending on you. Who do you listen to? Where can you go to find honest, useful information? Todd Rooker for decades. Todd Rooker has been teaching professional education to attorneys, CPAs, bankers, and financial advisors. Rooker Financial Consulting offers advice and coaching to consumers, business owners, and financial professionals on every topic imaginable. If you truly want to succeed, sit back and find out how to cover and build your assets. Here's nationally renowned speaker and expert getting you on the path to financial strength and wealth, Todd Rooker.
1: Good morning, everybody. How you doing? Summer is here. It is beautiful out. Just absolutely gorgeous. I came Not out here for two more days, Todd. Yeah, well. <laughs> Evan, you're wrecking everything. That's uh, me. I am ever the screen door on the submarine. you <laughs> Well, listen, folks, I have Jim Baer, investment advisor representative with AE Wealth Management and owner of J. Allen Financial with us this morning. We're going to be talking about retirement. Uh, we talk a lot about a lot, uh, many different financial th- uh, things, and I am always adamant to say that I am not the guy who's selling you investment funds and things like that. Not that I don't understand it. I did do it at a time in my life. But uh, this is what Jim Bear does, and it certainly is a component of your financial life. And we always want to touch on it because it is so important. And for many of you who have designs on retiring, wondering, having questions, Jim is the guy you want to talk to about those questions. And uh, that's what our show is going to be about today. So if that is uh, something that is on your horizon, something you're concerned with or considering, then grab yourself a cup of coffee, a little paper pad, something to write with, and uh, enjoy the show. So, Jim, welcome to our show, Cover Your Assets. Thank you, Todd, for having me today. Well, very good. So how long have you been in the business, Jim? Uh, 35 years. Wow! Wow! I'm not even 35 years old, am I, (laughs) Evan? No. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I wish. I wish. My kids are 35. What am I going to do? Yeah. Uh, so uh, the the business has changed over time, has it not? That is a,
2: yes, it is an understatement. It has changed tremendously uh, over that time. I think um, it, it's harder to figure out if you can retire. I mean, when I started in the industry, it was pretty easy. You wrote down on a piece of paper, you know, what you needed every month. And you subtracted your pension, you subtracted your social security, and if that came to equal what you were making, or there was more left over, you retired. And now pensions have gone away for the most part. You seem in the you know the public sector, uh, but you—they're
1: you know, a different form, though. They really are.
2: Yeah, they really are. And there's you know a lot of financial insecurity around pensions. So you've got the investor doing it themselves, right. trying To figure it out, and 401k came about, and uh, that's been the main engine for you know a lot of people that I visit with.
1: Very good, and that you know, and and if you are listening, and you are one of those state people, maybe you have a 403b, which is a, which is your equivalent of that. But you know, folks, one of the things that I want to bring up that is so prevalent and I think a lot of folks don't fully appreciate this, is that you may have been talking to a financial advisor your entire working career. Maybe you've been working with someone throughout that period of time, and maybe you're perplexed that when you get to retirement, they're not as interested in it as you are. And uh, (laughs) Well said. Part of the reason for that is because they're not retirement specialists. And retirement... Is as a business unto itself. So the planning and strategizing for for retirement, actually when you are going to enter retirement, something that that Jim has in his uh, email, if I'm not mistaken, you're correct. Uh, is is a whole different animal. And there's many components that relate to it that are not simply your investments and what your current investment return has been or or has been or, or will be over time. You you're now going to live on a consistent income. In some, somewhat keeping with your consistent paycheck, so you're looking for that. And uh, Jim, if if someone does not move towards fixed instruments, and they are, you know, they're they're staying active, and that means actively traded funds and, and the like. What are some of the challenges that they experience as opposed to a fixed uh, investment that provides them with a consistent income?
2: Yeah, I think right now you just have inflation is probably eroding a lot of the purchasing power uh, when you're in a fixed instrument. I mean, the safety is a really great story, uh, especially when there's a lot of volatility in the market, which uh, I say, you know, risk is now a four-letter word when we look back over the stock market over the last year. So there could be this flight to safety so we don't see any erosion of our principal, but uh, that can cost us later down the road if we don't have that ability to grow back, and it can be just as simple as if you're in an IRA, when you make that first withdrawal, now 73, used to be 70.5, and they've slowly increased that. Uh, eventually, that withdrawal rate starts to go over 4 or 5% over your lifetime, and if you're in a fixed instrument that pays less than that, you're going to be experiencing a downturn in your investment. Wow! So I
1: mean, it's and, and initial income right off the bat because right. of it,
2: and the yeah exactly. So the math just starts to work out where you get a less money every year, and the principal goes down, and that starts to play on you when you're in your seventies and eighties.
1: You know, I, I, it's it's a, it's a unique time, only because. Where we are now illustrates something that we've talked about in the investment advisory world forever. And that is the impacting and progressive inflation impact on, on your purchasing power. And, you know, when you factor out, you've got a young person and maybe you're using a 2%, 3% inflationary factor. Depending on the environment, people think you're a little nuts. They think that's not going to happen and things like that. And the reality is that you've got ups and downs, just like you do on the market. And those ups and downs have quite a dramatic effect on your purchasing power over time. Well, now we happen to be in inflationary times where we've got 6 and 8% inflation. And now, because of this moment in time, now everybody gets it. They do. Right? Now everybody gets it. And and it is it is such a powerful impact, but it changes year over year. And the irony is that you can be the best retirement planner in the world, but there is some degree of luck or fortune in when you happen to retire and what's actually going on in the economy. It's not something anybody can ever predict. And, you know, you might retire at, at a particular time in, in, in the world where inflation is high or inflation is low and it had nothing to do with you. There was no way you could plan for it. And that will dramatically impact the way your lifestyle can be led from there to the rest of your life.
2: Absolutely. And I think that's where it underscores the value of having an advisor that can pivot when we need to pivot. Uh, we can't have like a crockpot approach where we just set it, forget it, and we'll arrive through our retirement years just fine without making it some adjustments as needed. And sometimes just staying the course makes sense too. And I realize more and more that my role in a lot of people's lives is to help people make decisions that they would never make on their own. And that's where I have the benefit you know, of 35 years of experience. It's been clients coming in and working with them and then the education that I get along the way, uh, and, I'm, and, I'm, and I'm focused on the retirement side of it. Uh, baby boomers are really my clients, and I don't try to be all things to all people anymore. And I've just narrowed my focus on that. And as a result of that, I've been able to provide a lot of value.
1: Well, I think we both got a little gray hair, so people we do. look at us and, <laughs> they, say, and they say, uh, <laughs> you know, I, but I, and I really do appreciate what you've said because it gives people the confidence To make a decision and stand on it as opposed to waffling back and forth. And we both know that's a huge challenge. It is. For for people. Um, You know, as we were discussing the idea of staying in the market, I'm going to give you a little story that's a little abrasive and laughable simultaneously. But, you know, imagine that you go uh, to talk to your advisor who has been, you know, managing your assets over time tells you just to stay active in the market, that's where you're going to get your greatest rate of return. And you don't have to worry about the ups and downs because you're going to overcome those with a higher rate of return. Listen, <clears throat> when you need income, uh, when you start off and you're in your your years that you're accumulating the, the assets, that means that you've got money coming out of your account or your check check every single month. And there are ups and downs and those ups and downs in the market where you're putting your money one often it'll be you know 40% bonds 60% active investments that means equities stocks and and the like ETFs and the like and you know the market going up and down simply means that you've got this amount of money coming out of your check and when the market is down you're going to buy more shares and when the market is up you're going to buy fewer and you really wind up with an average share price known as dollar cost averaging simple stuff right And that's great. But when you get to a point where maybe our age, you're in your 50s or 60s, And now you start doing that. Well, now those ups and downs, because you need a particular amount of income to live that's not dissimilar from you getting your paycheck every two weeks, you take that money. And now let's say the market is down when you need to subsidize your income by selling stocks and selling your investments. Well, when you sell those investments and the market is down, you have to sell more of them. And as a result, when the market bounces back, Well, now you don't have the same number of shares to enjoy the benefit, and that has an absolutely devastating impact on your portfolio overall. It sure does.
2: And when people enter retirement, there is no retirement without income. So it starts there for individuals, so understanding where that income can come from. And there's a couple ways to approach this. I mean, we look at Social Security. The validity of that, if it's going to be there, I think it will be. I think we'll have some changes here. That's been in the press an awful lot lately. Uh, So we do have a moment in time coming up that we are going to be running out of money with Social Security. So I do think they make some changes on that. That's my personal opinion. So understanding what Social Security is going to pay you and just the effect of when to start it. Uh, You've got a time horizon anywhere from as early as age 62 all the way up to age 70. And there are other things to consider other than where's the highest check or here's when I want to retire. So I guess that's when I take my check. Uh, If you're married, uh, if you've been divorced, all those little things that play into that decision. And if you're going to be working, and I think a lot of people fail to realize that if you take your Social Security at the wrong date and you go back to work, you're paying back a lot of your Social Security. And after you get your 12th check, it is an irrevocable decision.
1: That's that's a that's a point, folks. If if you don't change your mind within twelve months, you're stuck with that decision. You are. So it's very important. So, you know, I I I, I want to drop back to this because I think it really is uh, poignant right now, and that is the economy itself. And I don't simply mean retirement; I mean the economy overall. When inflation hits, it really stress tests stress tests. Forgive me, every component within. Within the government and within our tax dollars and the money that they have available to do what they do. Can you talk a little bit about that, how, how that might affect retirement overall for people?
2: Yeah. So you've got – you know, well, that's one of the clouds I think is hanging over our economy right now is that we've got the inflation. And if inflation affects people who carry debt in particular – uh, on the corporate side, you've got lines of credit, which the technology sector relies on heavily, as well as other companies. And if you strategically, it's a great tool. But you have more of your operating expenses now going towards that interest. And blow that up into the macro economy inside the government. You know, I think it's over 12.5% of our budget goes towards interest, and we're on a, a profile to maybe hit 15% by the end of the year. So when the Federal Reserve goes in and raises interest rates, the federal funds rate, which was at about a half a point when before they started, and now we're over five, you have a bigger percentage of the Federal Reserve. And that's why we are talking about this X date for a debt ceiling. Uh, that's real. That's what's happening. So I don't think they're going to have a default, but it brings to light that we have to do something about it, either lower expenses or raise the debt ceiling and- I would rather see lower expenses, but that's my opinion on it. But so that's 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 what we're feeling right now, and that is a function of inflation rising right. interest rates.
1: Right, and and that and that cost, folks, gets passed on to all of us. And that that number, while it might not seem like a big deal, and I'm going to define a little better when he says a half a percentage point, that's 50 basis points, and 50 basis points to a large corporation on the front end could eat up 50% of their profits because a lot of these large corporations are operating at a uh, net-net margin that might be in the four to 6% range. It may be on billions of dollars as a gross revenue, but on the back end margin the profit what's what's left that will be in the millions too because you start with billions of dollars but when you when you have a significant amount of debt because you're on the grow companies on the grow are using debt to be able to finance and fund that ever ongoing growth well, fifty basis points, half a percentage point, can be utterly devastating in in what it translates into in the margin. And then you say, "Well, we're not getting cost of living raises." Well, guess what? That those two things combined might put a company out of business. Right. That's right. Highly
2: leveraged companies, for sure. And uh, we saw the little effect of that with a uh, Silicon Valley Bank that affected a lot of them. Um, Of the companies there, their clients, certainly with that rising interest rate, defaults. This is where we get into defaults, and uh, we're trying to stave off of that, but we will see if that happens. But, yes, that's a big component of expenses. So
1: for all these reasons and more, this might be the reason why you want to go and see somebody like Jim and get, you know, get some real detailed and comprehensive information as to how you might retire or whether you can. Uh, I want to throw this out. This is Jim's phone number. It is 763 657 1828. Let me say that again 763 657 1828. So, with all of that, Jim, uh, the prevailing question is, can i afford to retire so how do i find that out well it
2: starts simply with a budget and sometimes we we really don't like to hear that word we, right. we really don't want to articulate i but like I, controlled spending plan control spending plan yeah, All right, yeah. well, this just in control spending plan <laughs> Understand what you need. And that can be a very simple calculation. It can be if you put everything on a credit card, pay it off at the end of the month, You know, go in and look at the history of what you've spent, your bill pays. You know, It doesn't have to be an exhaustive exercise, but at least get a feel for what a good number is going to be. That's the starting spot. Uh, then from that is the decision about how and when we are going to take our Social Security. And that takes a little bit longer conversation, but understanding what Social Security is going to pay. And then we go in and define if maybe there's a small pension available, maybe some sort of a pension. And so we start subtracting basically from that number that you need. I many times find people fail to understand we have to pay taxes in retirement. So we say, here's what I need for my spending plan. But then did you factor in taxes on top of that? Because
1: it's very likely more, not less than what you've been paying in the past. Yeah, it can
2: be and then what about those other things that we haven't even thought about you know healthcare costs uh, especially if we're going out before 65 how are we going to you know what is that going to be so finding those things out what's the travel look like what are the home improvements you know people start having this uh,
1: discretionary time on their hands and all oh, of a sudden man. they want to go you know i need a new kitchen she, you know and she, <laughs> See, that's the problem, Jim. I, I gotta, I gotta take you back here because this is such a big deal. Whenever I hear someone who wants to talk about retirement and, and they will immediately jump out and say, we don't hardly spend any money. That to me is like fingernails down a chalkboard <laughs> because they, they have been working. They don't fully appreciate the fact that if they have a reasonable nest egg, as we like to call it, maybe it's a million dollars, maybe it's two million dollars, and they've never had that amount, that chunk of money accessible to them throughout their entire lives. And so they look at that amount of money and they think it's just so much. And they don't fully understand That the way you've been living while your days have been occupied with your occupation, your profession, your work, that when you're, when you now are no longer working, your life and your lifestyle expenses are going to change and very possibly change radically. Very much so. And you're sitting at home twiddling your thumbs, trying to figure out how to live and not spend any money. But the reality is that when you go into retirement, you want to go visit the kids. You want to play golf. You want to go fishing. You want to travel. You want to buy a motor home. You want to do all these things. And and that's why this, we don't hardly spend any money. Well, just throw that right out the window when you're considering what a controlled spending plan is going to be in the future. Absolutely. And so it's,
2: Putting those things on that list realistically of what you're going to have to spend. And then following it. And
1: following it. Yeah. And they've never done that before because they've always, what in the past, they've not had a chunk of money that they could access. And look, we want to, in, in retirement, when we put money into fixed instruments that provide a consistent income, very honestly, it's not unlike putting money in a retirement account where you're really trying to protect yourself from yourself. Because if the lump sums are available, I hate to tell you folks, but people spend it. They start taking big chunks of money.
2: I do. And they failed to realize the consequence until April 15th.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Listen, this is a great conversation. Uh, if you are interested in retiring at some point in your life, I don't care when it is or if you're nearing that or already there, I think this information is really useful to you and I hope you stick with us. We're going to take a break and we'll be right back on the other side of the break talking with Jim Bear, investment advisor representative with AE Wealth Management and owner of J.N. Ellen Financial. He's got 35 years of experience in the retirement planning industry. Nobody better. We'll be right back.
2: Are you missing anything in your plan? Find out with J. Allen Financial's retirement checklist. If you could check all the boxes on the list, you may be ready for retirement. If not, J. Allen Financial can help. Get this checklist now at rhythmofretirement.com slash challenge. That's rhythmofretirement.com slash checklistchallenge. J. Allen Financial offers insurance services. Investing involves risk. Investment advisory services offered only by duly registered individuals through AE Wealth Management, LLC,
1: AEWM, AEWM and J. Allen Financial are not affiliated companies. Does your sump pump run constantly? Do you want to ensure that you never have a damp, musty-smelling basement? These issues are caused by water coming off your roof, draining into your basement. Gutters can resolve these problems. William Foss is the owner of Seamless Solutions. He is honest and trustworthy. He is simply the best. If you need gutters or leaf covers, he is the guy to call. You can call him at 612-834-0664 or go to his website, SeamlessSolutionsMN.com.
3: So my questions are, Todd, do I just let the bank liquidate my business? Do I need to consider things like foreclosure, short sale,
1: Hey, are you considering something exceptional to set your home apart and highlight its curb appeal? How about the rich look of custom copper gutters? Copper gutters are not only beautiful, they also offer timeless durability. William Foss with Gutter Solutions installed my beautiful copper gutters. I get compliments every day. If you're looking for extraordinary craftsmanship and would like to consider something truly special, call him at 612-834-0664 or go to their website,
0: SeamlessSolutionsMN.com. Ask for Billy. Hi, this is Troy Danner of Danner's Cabinet Shop. My family has been building custom cabinets and countertops for homes in Minnesota for over 50 years. We still make the cabinets the way my grandpa did when he founded our company. My team of skilled craftsmen pride themselves on attention to detail and making sure every element of your project goes perfectly. Give me a call at 763-753-4002 or visit us online at dannerscabinets.com. You're listening to Cover Your Assets with Todd Rooker. Welcome back, everybody.
1: We are here uh, with Jim Bear. He is an investment advisor representative with AE Wealth Management and owner of J. Allen Financial. Jim uh, and I were just talking about, uh, I had talked about the uh, component of mortality and the fact that so many retirees, number one concern is that they're going to live too long and run out of money. I find it funny, Jim, because you'll hear, when you talk to people who are in retirement, so often they'll say, I don't want to live that long. And what I think of, guys, is the reason... Is because the number one fear of retirees, as per what's the retirement magazine? What is that? Um, uh, what is AARP? Yeah, we go. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> AARP. I got their. They sent me their card. Oh, oh really? Yeah. Anyway, you have it with you. And- <laughs> I ca- have mine. A card-carrying AARP member. Oh, no, man. I'm not that old, am I? Uh, so so it is, as per their surveys, the number one fear of retirees is that they will live too long and run out of money. So I absolutely believe that the reason they say they don't want to live that long is because they envision themselves decrepit in in adjusted older age, unable to work and, and 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 living in a meager little, you know, apartment somewhere, and it scares them to death, and it's the primary reason they say they don't want to live that long.
2: And it's the reason why they keep working.
1: Yes, yes. So <clears throat> you know, so when we when we talk about a mortality component. What mortality does is not unlike your Social Security in that it takes a lump sum of money across a spectrum of people, some of which will die sooner and some of which will die live longer, and it pays them a consistent amount of money. And when you say, how can they afford to pay me for my life if I live to be 110, it doesn't matter because some people are going to die at age 62, that's right. So that's what the mortality does is it averages it out. And those, and and any product that has mortality has that unique component that really addresses the issue of living too long. So we were talking about that, Jim and I. And because we have inflation impending and because it has become pretty pronounced, we were talking about uh, bonds and annuities and how they pay and how we might be able to adjust to that over time. So could you talk a little bit about that, Jim?
2: Yeah, I sure can. You know, I jokingly tell people, if you can just tell me when you're going to die, this would be really <laughs> easy for me. I know exactly what to do, uh, and especially when we center around that uh, topic, which we'll get into in a little bit about Social Security. Uh, but that is a question I ask people, how long do you think you're going to live? And the answers are interesting. You know, you hear things like, well, my mom lived Hill, my dad lived till," and so they go down, you know, family lineage, uh, they may have a health diagnosis that they're battling. I've had people... Sadly, you know, stare me in the face and go, I've got cancer. I'm not going to live very long. And then that planning takes on different uh, meaning because now you've got a spouse that we're planning for. And I think when we talk about planning for income and you're married, we should be planning two lifetimes, not just one. And I think that's a mistake a lot of times people forget. So transferring that risk of living too long to an insurance company can be a great way to manage that risk. It works for some people. I've got some clients in their 90s where they're still getting checks, and they just can't believe that I ran out of money years ago, but they're still paying me money. Yep, they are. That's the deal with the insurance company. And to your point, it's math. It's an actuarial who has figured this all out, that life expectancy is this number, and some people come up short, and some people live too long. The balancing act that I have for this is understanding that once we make these decisions to turn on lifetime income from an insurance company through an annuity, and I have to tell you a funny story, Todd. I used to be on the radio years ago, back in the mid-90s, 94. I was on WCCO Radio, part of a radio
1: show. Great station.
2: 6.30 on Sunday morning. Oh, you had a great time slot, huh? We recorded Thursday night, so just that was good. And we were letting the listener know that we have these cassette tapes. This is 1994 and of annuity terminology. And you could write us a letter because that's what we did back then or give us a a, a call. And so contact us and we'll send you out your annuity tape. We had a guy that called and he said, how many of those nudie tapes can I get? (laughs) No, sir, that's not
3: what we were talking about.
2: So suddenly he lost interest when I described. So they may not be exotic, but they do get the job done for a lot of people. So if your goal is to try to protect that principal or to turn on a lifetime income stream and not worry about anything uh, is coming up short on income before life expectancy, um, those products have a place in the planning process. It's not for everybody, but I do think it's a nice anchor for some people who are really concerned about that running out of money or watching my principal go down so one of the questions i ask people when they come into my office is what hurts worse if you own a ten dollar stock today and you sold it and you opened up your you did some research on that stock what's that stock doing now that i sold it and you found out that that ten dollar stock is now 15 oh shoot i sold too quickly or other situation would be you, you never sold a $10 stock and you're watching it drop to five on your statement. You know, what hurts worse, that missed opportunity or watching a loss happen? And that tends to be a fairly defining question for individuals on where I should go with the risk. Uh, another one closely associated with that is if we're driving in your car together, I'm a passenger and Todd, you're a driver, and you were, the speed limit just went up to 70 miles an hour. If I look over at your speedometer, what is it gonna say? Kind of an interesting question, especially when a husband and wife is in the office with me. <laughs> Many times the wife might try to answer for the husband or correct the husband because <laughs> he wants to be in his best behavior. But if I find people going, you know, yeah, I'm doing 75, 79, you know, nine over, you know, probably a little more risk taker. If they go, oh, 70. And I said, are you in the right lane or left lane? Oh, I'm always in the right lane or passing someone, get back into the right lane. You know, these are ways for me to kind of help filter out where we should be going with the risk. So that's the process that I, I follow with people. But insurance products can be a great tool for individuals that really want to stay in the right lane, probably go at the speed limit or less, and uh, are really bothered if a an investment is dropping in front of them because that just is too much for them. They're staying awake
1: at night. That There's an interesting point you just brought up that I want to jump on just real quick. And that is that when when I was still in the business, and that was you know eighteen nineteen years ago, um, <clears throat> there there we had more people with with bona fide pensions. All right, and and let me make a point, folks, that most pensions today are just really annuities. And they were different. They were pensions in the day were actually paid through the company's investments and they were very different. And that's why, you know, we they had to have ever more people coming into the workforce to be able to pay for all the people who are who are out on retirement and getting seventy percent of their income and having an inflationary hedge built in and wow. But in those days, when you combined the survivor benefit with your pension plan, which was often there, as well as your Social Security, what that means is you can get a greater number, and it but it ends when you die, or you can elect to take the survivor benefit, in which case you'll get a lesser number, and then it will continue for your spouse's lifetime as well. Well, in those days, we had something called pension maximization, where we could purchase a life insurance policy with the excess proceeds. you get more money and so if you did live longer you got more money and if you didn't live longer you got the higher number in the beginning but then your spouse had a life insurance policy that paid upon your death to make up the difference is that something that is still done today you
2: know it is done it's looked at And I think there's just a lot of uncertainty around, will the pension be there in my future? Just we hear that a lot. And that's not a blanket statement against uh, all pensions. But that thought is there that never was before. So the concept that you described is still very valid using life insurance. So if you think about it, if you're going to provide a survivor with a benefit, that really is life insurance. When you die, money is paid. So the concept is, for the listeners out there, is looking at If you took the highest check possible from your pension, that's called a sole option pension. Compare that with a reduced payment, which allows that check to continue either in its entirety or 50% or 75% to your spouse. Take that amount of difference, dollar amount, and then we would analyze that to see if we could purchase enough life insurance with that money, which you're doing through the plan already, and privately. That might be a better fit, especially if the odds go differently. Um, we all we'll always pick on the guy dying first in the relationship, and an actuarial or that's correct. But what yeah. if your spouse dies? What if the wife dies first, and you're still paying for a benefit for her, and you can't redirect that benefit to anybody? So now you have that you're enjoying the most income between the two of you and whoever the survivor might be via life insurance or via the pension plan. And you can stop paying the life insurance premiums if you don't have the need anymore.
1: Very good. Very good. Uh, another point that I'm going to make before we go to break is that uh, for some of you whom are listening, you might feel that because of things that have happened in your life, uh, health issues, uh, job issues, uh, sending kids to college, maybe you feel you're behind the eight ball in that you've not saved enough to be able to do this. And so the question is, what do I do about that? And this is something that I think we we wanna discuss uh, just as a point before I go to break, is that for a lot of people, they think that if they go into, into investments that have that, that they're told have a higher potential for success. Maybe you're in, in large cap companies, which is the largest uh, companies out there that are meant to have the greatest stability. And maybe you consider going to mid cap or small cap investments uh, in smaller companies. Well, you know, here's the interesting thing. Uh, that's that risk-reward thing we talked about. Are you willing to take on the risk to have a potentially higher reward? But here's the irony, guys. Statistically, the small and mid-cap companies over time don't perform better than the the large-cap companies. So I would argue that you're just simply taking on more risk rather than actually getting a better rate of return. So <laughs> I know we can talk about that well, for a long could. time. But let's take a break. We'll be right back with Jim Bear, Investment Advisor Representative with AE Wealth Management and owner of J. Allen Financial. He is a retirement specialist.
4: Kim at KimNibo.com. Finding a
1: good banker and CPA are like having a good doctor or mechanic. You cannot fully appreciate the value they represent until you're in a pinch and truly need them. However, that's not the time to go looking for one. Instead, you want to position and strategize well in advance for a favorable outcome. CPA Arless Cleveland of Arless Cleveland LTD is the CPA firm you've been looking for. As many of you already know, if you're looking for a great CPA, Arliss Cleveland gets my highest endorsement. Arliss Cleveland LTD has now formed a strategic relationship with Village Bank, conveniently located in the Village Bank building, located at 9298 Central Avenue North, Suite 412 Blaine, Minnesota. You can also find Arliss Cleveland LTD certified public accountants and consultants by going to accountingoffices.net or by simply calling 763-786-0639. That contact information Again, accounting-offices.net or by simply calling 763-786-0639. For more information, call Brian and his staff at 612-271-4047 or email Brian directly at brian at aholawoffice.com. Again, that number, 612-271-4047. You're listening to Cover Your Assets with Todd Rooker. Welcome back, folks. Happy Saturday. You're back here for another episode of Cover Your Assets. We're deep into the, our conversation about retirement and retirement planning. We're here speaking with Jim Baer, Investment Advisor Representative with AE Wealth Management and owner of JL Allen Financial. He has 35 years of experience in retirement planning, and we are fortunate to pick his brain and if you have any interest in retiring at some point, if you're entering retirement, if you're already in retirement, then Jim is the guy you want to talk with. Uh, I know Jim well. I I love this guy and uh, think the world of him. And I know I love he you too, Todd. Oh no! Okay, I should <laughs> shut up. I should not have said that. We'll hug anyway. <laughs> uh, we we uh, we both do have experience, but he has infinitely more than I. But I. I certainly appreciate his insight and his expertise and and experience. The social security question that we have attempted to cover in the last segment is a grand topic. It is, you know, so many people, Jim, they just, they opt out of it in so much as they say, as soon as they turn 62 years old, they just turn it on. I just, you know, I'm just going to do it without any mind as to whether or not it's valuable or not. So one of the things that's obvious is with every year that goes by that you don't turn it on, what happens?
2: Well, the check gets higher. So.
1: And significantly so.
2: I, I believe so. I mean, when you think of the difference between 62 and 70, which are kind of the earliest, latest date on Social Security, It's 75, 80% higher if you wait to age 70. Well, it goes up 8% per year, right? Starting at your full retirement age, Uh every 12 months, it will go up 8% a year.
1: So I want you to understand something, folks. If every retirement portfolio got a consistent 8% return, we would have, and remember something, that's a guarantee, that's Affiracy. a big deal. It's a very big deal. If that happened, we'd have a lot fewer people worried about living too long and running out of money. Because the, you may get an average annualized rate of return over 35 or 40 years, but the way that it happens over time changes the actual outcome. So actually being able to straight line, say, 8% per year would be utterly profound, and you get a guarantee with that simply by waiting to age 70
2: and on top of that you get cost of living adjustments on that.
1: Uh, Huge. And, and and so it it is to 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 make decisions on your reti- on your social security without having all the information and the confidence to do so is just Russian roulette to it, me. It really is.
2: And so we have a class coming up in June that I'd like to invite the listeners to attend and you can call our offices 763-657-1828. Uh, we'd love to have you attend. And what you will expect at that uh, workshop is you bring your question and I answer it. That's the format. <laughs> and so we have probably 30 people that attend the workshop. We give you the paper, we give you the pen, you write down the question, and I spend a good hour answering everybody's questions that come there. And it is lively, it's fun. And people walk away going, hey, that was a good workshop because you got your question answered. How many of these workshops have you gone to? They lure you in with a dinner and you're going, I hope they talk about and they never do. Yeah, It's their agenda, the advisor's agenda up there. I said, let's flip that around. People's time is valuable. They're coming for a reason. I can't read people's minds. So write them down for me and let me know. So in that workshop, we're going to talk about the basics of understanding timing, as you've talked about. Um, So we do a lot of exercises that talk about, you know, here's when you could start it, but here's the value of waiting. So we have a lot of handouts for people. So they've got the source information for that. I think some of the mistakes that people make, um, and you alluded to one already uh, in this segment, is probably, hey, I can take a check at 62 and one else will take it. I think the stats are overwhelmingly 70% of people take that check at 62 because it's waiting for them. Right. And they fail to realize how long they could live in retirement, especially at 62. You could be living 30 years in retirement and you have foregone a lot of money. Life expectancy from a Social Security standpoint is probably around 84 years of age. So if you think about if you're going to live shorter than 84, you probably do want to take it at 62. If you think you might live longer than that, you probably want to wait a little bit longer And I tell people in the workshop, you just tell me when you're going to pass away. It'd be really easy for me to tell you when to take your Social Security, but we don't know that. The second thing I think people can make that mistake was that they collect a Social Security check anytime between 62 and what we call a full retirement age, which can be as high as 67 if you're born in the 1960s or after that date, and between 1955 and 1960. it it gets a little bit shorter for them. So 66 to 67 is kind of the the range for full retirement age. If you start collecting that check before your full retirement age, and at our workshop, we'll tell you what your full retirement age is, and you work, and you make more than $21,240 a year, you will have to start paying back some of your Social Security. For every $2 you make above that, $1 of Social Security goes back. Elizabeth is someone that I met before she became a client of mine, and she decided at 62, I'm going to take my Social Security check, and I'm going to take that check and keep working. I'm going to take that Social Security check. I'm going to pay off my mortgage. When my mortgage is done, then I'll retire. Sounds like a pretty good plan on the surface. So she started it in January. The following year, she collected all her 1099s or W-2s, went to the accountant in February, and in March had a conversation that the following year it said, you made a really a lot of money last year and your tax bill went up. She goes, I didn't get a raise. No, you started social security. Yeah, I did. Well, you made too much money. So you have to pay back a lot of money this year towards social security. And the kicker of that, Todd, is after you've gotten your 12th check, it's irrevocable. There was nothing she could do in that situation. I wish I would have met her before she became a client. So at least tell her if you're going to work, Maybe consider pausing on starting Social Security. A lot of people think the day I retire is the day I have to start taking my Social Security. It's like they think when I go swimming, I will get wet. Now, that is a true statement. But you could retire and delay taking your Social Security. And if you waited, if you're going to work, and some people just want to work, that's just part of who they are, and you're going to work, then hold off on taking social security to your full retirement age because that restriction is now gone and you can make as much money as you want to and collect a social security check and not have to pay back anything.
1: Folks, we're going to take another break here. And uh, the, the, the uh, story that just, Jim just told is like devastating. Um, And I'll flip it around on the other side. For those who have a smaller investment portfolio, be conscious that what you get in re- in your Social Security check has to do with, I believe, is it still the last 10 quarters leading up to the time that you take the money?
2: They've changed the formula. So it's the highest 35 years that they're looking at for income now.
1: Got it. So, so know this, that... You and the way you work and the income that you earn can actually influence the amount that you get, which means you could position to get a higher check for the rest of your yeah, life absolutely. when you turn it on. So let's take another break. We'll be right back with Jim Baer, Investment Advisor Representative with AE Wealth Management and owner of JL and Financial. His phone number, if you want to reach him, is 763-657-1828. 763-657-1828. We will be right back.
2: social security you've spent your entire working life paying into it so don't you want to get the most out of it jim bear and his team at JL financial can show you ways to do that with their free social security report Download your copy today at rhythmofretirement.com slash social security. That's rhythmofretirement.com slash social security.
3: J. Allen Financial offers insurance services, investment advisory
2: services offered only by duly registered individuals through AE Wealth Management, LLC, AEWM,
3: AEWM, and J. Allen Financial are not affiliated companies. J. Allen Financial is not affiliated with or endorsed by the U.S. government or governmental agency. Hi,
0: this is Troy Danner of Danner's Cabinet Shop. My family has been building custom cabinets and countertops for homes in Minnesota for over 50 years. We still make the cabinets the way my grandpa did when he founded our company. My team of skilled craftsmen pride themselves on attention to detail and making sure every element of your project goes perfectly. Give me a call at 763-753-4002 or visit us online at Dannerscabinets.com. If you're in a financially challenged situation or want to ensure that you never
3: are, I have the knowledge and the information you're looking for. My name is Todd Rooker. When you want information on today's most pressing economic and financial pressures, who do you talk to? Their attorneys, CPAs, financial advisors, mortgage brokers, and real estate agents. Everyone has a different opinion, and these professionals do not always work well together. It's not enough to find an expert in one area. You need a comprehensive approach that that addresses all of your concerns and enables you to create an overall plan. I have over 20 years' experience in this highly specialized field, and it is my job to work with all of the professionals previously mentioned and know much of what they know, allowing me to provide you with a cohesive and unbiased strategy that addresses everything related to your situation. I will help you to strategically plan for a financial crisis, minimize the damage, recover quickly, and most importantly, help ensure that you're never here again. You have a lot more options than you think, but don't waste time. Go to CYA21.com and get my free download, Financial crisis bible or call us at 763-559-3800 that number again 763-559-3800 you're listening to cover your assets
1: with
0: todd rooker
1: welcome back everybody uh, this has been a lively conversation with jim uh, very very gr- good information a lot of fabulous topics uh, the, the last one, which is actually maybe my own personal, because it's been, been a, a while since I've been in that business. What are the updates, uh, recently, uh, with IRAs and the just what what we call folks, qualified funds, qualified funds being special tax treatment of anything for retirement, SEP, Keo, Roth, IRA, 401k, 403b, what have you. What are the changes that have taken place?
2: I can tell you one change that has not is you still have to pay taxes on it. (laughs) Death and taxes. yeah, Death and
1: taxes. Uh, Big changes happened in the
2: end of 2019, effective for 2020, that pushed out the required minimum distribution date, which we were told forever in a day, 70 and a half. It changed to 72, and then they changed it again this year to 73. Wow! So for the savers that are listening today, that's probably pretty good news. Yes, it is. For the markets doing what they're doing, if a portfolio dropped last calendar year, like a lot of clients uh, or a lot of people have come into my office, they have more time to recover for that. What's interesting is in the first revision of changes that happened for 2020 were the effects of for beneficiaries. So husband and wife. Uh, when they have an ira husband passes away moves to the wife and now it she passes away and it goes to the children when the children receive that money in an ira they have to liquidate that account within 10 years it used to be you could just subscribe to a required minimum distribution and you could do that for the rest of your life which is a pretty sweet deal you're taking three four five percent and if you've got equities in there that are growing Man, that's some wonderful tax deferral. Good leverage. Very good leverage. So now that recipient has to liquidate the account over uh, by the end of 10 years. It also is effective for Roth IRAs, Oh which is a sad thing because oh. that's a beautiful story. So when it comes down to the planning for that, probably on the beneficiary side, they probably should consider distributing that as equal as possible over 10 tax years, rather than let it build up for 10 years because you're just compounding the tax problem. However, with the Roth, you would do the opposite. You would let that compound over 10 years. Now, there's a lot of push out there to go, why do we even have a required minimum distribution if the beneficiary is going to have to liquidate that money in 10 years? That's a really good question that probably means we'll never have it, but that's kind of where we're at. And eventually the RMD, requirement of distribution, is going to go to age 75. Uh, That is scheduled to do that. So that's probably the biggest change. What stayed the same, in addition, you have to pay taxes on that, was a technique in there that allowed individuals to withdraw from their 401k or IRA, I should say, and redirect that to charity. A lot of people felt like that went away or it changed to now 73. But technically the day you turn 70 and a half and later, if you wanted to, you could now take money out of your IRA and send it to your charity. So if you're in a 30% combined tax bracket, $1,000 from your IRA to a charity, they don't pay taxes, you don't pay taxes, you just saved yourself $300. So a lot of times if it's already part of the budget, Part of your cash flow, why not switching from cash flow to your IRA for your charitable giving? We just increase your cash flow, which allows us to have a little bit more money to spend.
1: Very good. Very good. So, you know, another piece that Jim brought up, which is very important for those of you listening, and that is that, hey, even if you're early in your investment career, know that, uh, or if you're later, I guess, um, when you are, if you believe you're going to kill it, in your investments. And you're gonna have highly appreciated investments, all the more reason why you wanna contribute from a Roth standpoint. Traditional contribution, before tax Roth, after tax. And the difference is that you're gonna pay potentially more taxes in retirement as opposed to a Roth, where you're, and and we should say you're paying taxes on a hundred percent of the money, not just the money that you would have otherwise paid taxes in, but also the gain that took place throughout your working life. So that can be a lot of money. A Roth, you pay no taxes through retirement, but as Jim has just described, when it goes to the beneficiary, now you've got another set of challenges. You won't be around to worry about it, but somebody will. So, and and I think Jim also wanted to say the issue is if you don't do that in ten years, you're going to pay tax. How is the tax implica- or I- imposed at that point? So the recipient,
2: whoever that recipient is, it's based on their tax bracket. So whatever's on their tax return right now, this these funds from the pre-tax IRA money are added to your tax return. So it's that existing tax bracket and tax Woo! rates that
1: are there. So 100% of the lump sum is taxed as ordinary income on top of your current income? That is correct. <laughs> so we're going to be talking about a 30% tax on the remaining nope. balance and more. And more. And more. Wow. 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 So planning
2: is very important.
1: Boy. So – uh uh n- nevertheless, um, the the interesting thing I get from that is that as Social Security is becoming more and more problematic to support and continue to pay all of the retirees, they extend that timeline from, which was previously before age 70 was, before it went to age 70 for requirement, RMDs, required minimum uh, distributions s- was. Seven and a half, seven and a half. Yeah. yeah. And, and But before 70 and a half. That just that just only changed a few years ago too. It was earlier than that. Yeah, I think it was early. I don't. Yeah, yeah. I think I think it was. I think it was. I think it was 67, okay. age 67. Then it went to 70 and a half. Now it goes farther. So one, they believe we're going to be living longer. Yeah, they are. And because that's quite a concession for them. The question is, why would they do that? Yep. Is and That's immediately what comes to my mind. Why would they do that? Yep. What are the other things that they're changing that are worse to make this thing better? I don't and know. And I think I got pushing this requirement of
2: distribution out to now 73 and eventually 75 is going to open the door. For retirement age, you get pushed out to
1: 70. Hit, hit your seminar one more time, Jim. All right. Hey, Thursday,
2: June 8th at 6 p.m. And Wednesday, June 14th at 10.30 a.m. and 6 p.m. Call our offices, 763-657-1828 to make a reservation.
1: Thanks, Jim. Have a great weekend, everybody. Bye-bye.
0: This has been a paid program. The views expressed were not necessarily those of the management or ownership of KSTPAM 1500 ESPN. You're listening to 1500 ESPN
4: on KSTPAM 1500 and 94.5 HD2 Minneapolis.